Amen. Jeremiah 18 and 1. And the word of the Lord, which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. The vessel, verse number four, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Anybody ever feel like you've been marred by something in life? Marked, hurt, stained, broken. But these next five words are some of the most powerful words of hope ever written down. So he made it again. want to preach for a little while and I honestly I honestly do mean that shaped by your past reshaped for your future look at somebody and tell them you may have been shaped by your past but God's going to reshape you for your future God I pray that you would anoint me to preach anoint ears to hear Let the power of your spirit meet us here one more time tonight. God, I ask you, Lord, that somebody would see their need of repenting of their sins, being baptized in your name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Pour your spirit out tonight. In the name of Jesus, I ask you to confirm your word with signs following. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are the sum total of our experiences. Things that we have experienced, both good and bad, inevitably shape our lives. Whether we like it or not, we are shaped by our past. When the calendar turns to April, I can't help but start to think about my mother. She passed away, it's hard for me to believe, it's been 11 years already in the month of April. My mom was the kind of person that would do anything she could possibly do for anyone if she thought you were hurting or lonely or broken. She was just that kind of person. Didn't matter who you were, where you were from, what you had or what you didn't have. My mother cared for people that hurt. 
It's interesting because my mother was also very easily offended herself. My mother, if I could say what her greatest weakness was, it was that she held and carried grudges for years and years and years. I know of one particular grudge that she carried for at least 30 years. Something small, insignificant. I wondered often why was she like that? That came from a very difficult background that she lived in as a child. Her father, though he found the Lord and was baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost late in life, in his younger years, when my mother was little, he was a very abusive alcoholic. My mother, as I grew older, would tell me of times when her dad would come home from work and give her mom his paycheck, money from his check, because he knew he was going out that night. He would give my grandmother the money so that he wouldn't spend it all at the bar. He would take out a little bit, give her the rest for groceries and bills. They weren't, they weren't wealthy by any means. Six children in a time that was not easy to raise a family financially. Then she would watch as later on she would hear the car come up the driveway. And she would hear her father come in drunk and demand that my grandmother give him the money so he could go back and drink and gamble some more. She would argue with him, this is the money it's going to take to feed our kids. We need this money for our bills. And he would become irate and begin to beat her. And my mother, being the youngest of six, would watch and hear the sounds of that abuse. Knowing they had money for him to get drunk every night, but they didn't have money to fix the hole in the wooden floor. And it was that experience of living in that kind of a household that, that shaped the way that she looked at things. Amen. I know this isn't shouting preaching yet. Might not be at all. We'll find out. Those experiences framed the way that she thought. She always believed that somebody wanted to hurt her. She couldn't believe that, that, that when she did get hurt that it wasn't intentional and she carried those, those hurts and grudges for her entire life. She was defensive and sensitive, frustrating to deal with, but looking back I feel like I understand her better now that she's gone than I did when she was alive. I realized that she was marked by her past, the things that she lived through, framed the way that she thought and looked at things. Where I was raised in a more stable environment, I tend often to be more optimistic. But because my mother always was afraid the next time the door opened was another beating. She learned to be defensive and sensitive, marked by her past, her personality shaped by her background. And so it is for every one of us. We are all shaped by the things that we go through in life. 
good and bad, our past is either a weight that pulls us down or a power that pushes us forward. In the Bible times, pottery was an essential technology. The potter was one of the most important men in any community. Much of life revolved around his handiwork. No one is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. And the potter, though he was one of the most important people in the community, they relied on him for their cookware, for the the vessels that they would go get water with. Though he was important, he was not immune to making mistakes. No matter how skilled he was, no matter how experienced he was, mistakes were inevitable to happen. Potters often had near their house what was called the potter's field. The potter's field was the final destination of all the vessels that didn't turn out right. Perhaps they cracked during the firing stage. Maybe some other kind of problem happened, but whatever the reason, the potter would often take a load of broken pottery, misshapen, cracked, or otherwise defective, down to the potter's field and cast it away. In time, the potter's field was strewn with broken pieces of useless vessels, marred, beyond use, hopefully, that somehow the elements, the sun, the wind, the rain would eventually return that clay to the soil and maybe someday it could be dug up again and made useful at some future date. The good news is that the church doesn't have a potter's field. Can I tell you the world leaves scars on a lot of people? Amen. Hallelujah. This world will use somebody up and throw them aside. Today's stars are yesterday's news in the future. People that ride the high at one point will be at the bottom at another point. I'm going to tell you, this world is good at bringing people down. The same athlete that they clap their hands and jump for when he makes a basket, they'll go straight to Twitter and talk about him like he's a dog if he misses the shot next time. This world leaves scars on people. This world left scars on my mother. This world left scars on her mind and her heart and her spirit. Trials and tribulations of this life often leave scars showing remnants and reminders of what happened. If the truth were to be told, all of us have scars somewhere and of some sort. Amen. Can I just tell you something that's on my mind tonight? I pray to God that we don't become like the world where we hurt the wounded And we cast down the scarred. There's people in this room that's had a past and had a hard time. And it's left their mark on them. But if they can't come to the house of God and find somebody to embrace them and love them, then we're no better 
than the bar room that throws them out at the final call. And we're no better than anyone else in the world. God help us. God help us. Oh God, that's not my sermon, but it's a good place for me to preach right now. God, help me to have patience with people. Help me to be long-suffering with people. Help me, God, to understand that people have been shaped by the things that they've been through in life. They don't want to be difficult. They don't want to be hard to deal with. But life has taken a toll on people. Shaped by their past. All of us have wounds somewhere down in there. Wounds imposed on us by others. Y'all don't have to say amen, but I know I'm preaching right now. We have wounds that were afflicted by others. Sometimes we have wounds that were afflicted by ourselves. Reminders of where we've been and what we've been through and what we've done and what's been done to us. But one day the prophet Jeremiah was visited by the presence of the Lord. The Bible didn't say that Jeremiah went to the Lord. The Bible said in Jeremiah 18 and 1 that the word which came to Jeremiah, God went seeking Jeremiah out. God went looking for him. It wasn't Jeremiah going to God and saying, God, give me a word. It was God coming to Jeremiah and saying, I've got something to show you and I've got something to tell you. God, I'm praying that you're coming in this place tonight to find somebody. I pray, God, let your word find somebody in a pew right now. Let your word find somebody that all they can see is their scars. All they can see is what's happened. All they can see are the things that shaped them. But God, send your word into this place. It wasn't Jeremiah that went looking for the Lord. It was the Lord that came looking for Jeremiah. And here's what the Lord told him. Jeremiah 18 and 2. Arise and go. Get up and go. Jeremiah, don't stay where you are any longer. Jeremiah, don't stay in the place you've been. Jeremiah, don't continue in the place you've been existing and suffering. Get up. And it's time to go. I've got something to show you, Jeremiah. Can I tell you, 85 times in your Bible, it puts the words arise and go together. 85 times God commanded someone or some group to get up and to go. Sometimes it was an individual that God said, get up and go. Sometimes it was a family. And sometimes it was a large group. But regardless of the situation... God repeatedly had to admonish people that it was time for them to get up and go. Can I tell you that victory does not always come to where you are. Victory will not always find you where you are. Sometimes God says, I'm leaving it up to you to get up and start moving and go forward. It's not enough just to get up, but you've got to get up. And you've got to go. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody tonight that it's time for you to get up out of the things that have marked you and shaped you and hurt you because God has, God has a plan that's beyond where you are right now. I wish somebody praised God. I wish somebody thank God. I wish somebody thank God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. 
Man, I'm only on page 5 of 19. I got a lot of stuff that I've worked and I've written. and I, Man, I've worked on this message. I, I have worked on this message. I, I told, I, I had about four or five people I had to meet with this afternoon at different times throughout the day. And, and I told one of them, I said, this message is not ready to preach. I said, I don't know. I know it's a word from God and I know God gave it to me, but I don't really know how it's going to come together. I'm telling you how I feel like it's going to come together right now. I feel like I've just come to tell somebody you've been shaped by the things you've been through. But I want you to know that God has come into this place to reshape you for your future. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish somebody that's had a past would just say, God, I thank you. Because when the clay is marred, you don't just throw it away. You don't just heave it on the trash pile. But God, you took Jeremiah down to let him see. You wanted him to see that just because you've got mars and scars and you've been shaped by something doesn't mean that it's over. There's some people in this place, you've suffered stuff that people only have in nightmares. There's some of you that have been through things that people have only in their worst nightmare. And you would think, God can't use somebody like that. God can't love somebody with that kind of scar. But God said, come here, Jeremiah. I'm going to take you someplace so you can see something. God, I feel it in my heart. I want you to see that they're not too scarred. God, give somebody hope that their past is not the end of the story. Give somebody hope. I know it's got brokenness, but I feel 
I feel like if I work on it a little bit more, I can turn it in. And so he made it again. Oh, God. Oh, those are some of my favorite words in the entire Bible because I've needed him to make me again. I've needed him to start all over on me sometimes. I've needed him when I had, when I had stuff that wasn't useful. Then he looked and he said, let me work again. I've come to tell somebody it's not over for you. Your past has not ruined you. Your past has not ruined you beyond use. Your past has not ruined you beyond being useful. But there's a master potter that has come down into this house with his holy hand. And he wants to make you again. I was shaped by my past. But I'm going to be reshaped for my future. Rise and go down to the potter's house. Get up and go. Get up and go down. things that I think is most important for us to remember. There's a message in the New Testament when Paul Paul got to preaching against sin. Man, he got to bringing the hammer down. He got preaching against all kinds of stuff. Adulterers, fornicators, feminine. And he's just preaching, he's preaching all the way down the line. Can I tell you those things are still sin? Adultery is still a sin. Fornication is still a sin. Homosexuality is an abomination. Drunkenness is still wrong. He goes through the whole line. Variance, strife, emulations, wrath, all these things. And man, he's preaching against sin and all the holy folks are saying, get him, pastor, amen. Get him, Woo! Come on, preach, preacher. Get him, preacher. And every time he preaches another sin, they're like, amen. Get him, pastor. Come on. The harder he preached it, the more they liked it. And then he stopped and said, and such were some of you. Why you want me to get them? Don't forget that that was you one time. And you needed somebody to say there's a God that loves you. There's a God that cares about you. You're not too dirty for his hand. You're not too messed up for He just made it again. Oh, somebody ought to praise him right now. Somebody ought to thank him right now. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many times are you going to put up with it? How many times are you going to let him mess up? I'm going to tell you how many times as long as it takes for them to be made again. Stand with me. I'm done. I think I'm done. I made it to page nine. That's far enough. Why are they like that? 
Why do they act like that? Why do they do that? Why does that boy in the youth group act that way? Why does that lady get like that? Why, why, does, a man, why does this man act like that? I'll tell you why. Because they've been shaped by their past. But God is reshaping them for their future. Hallelujah. God, get me off this potter's wheel. I'm sick of this. Seems like I'm always on the potter's wheel. You better thank God that you're on the potter's wheel because that means you still got a future. When he scrapes you off the potter's wheel and throws you aside, it means you've got no tomorrow. But the stuff that God's working on you about right now is a sure sign that God's got a plan. God's got a future. God's got a hope. I was marred. I was shaped by my past. But God's reshaping me for my future. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I feel like I'm preaching to somebody tonight that's been very frustrated with themselves. They've been very frustrated with the thing, the way One of the most frustrating things is to know that you should not act a certain way and still do it. To know that you shouldn't let certain things happen, but you still do. I'm shaped by my past experiences, my hurts, my issues. But God wants to come down and begin the process of reshaping someone for their future. As your eyes are closed all over this place, I'm preaching to someone that's very nearly given up on yourself. Maybe you've even thought in the last few days, what's the use? I'll never, I'll never be able to do it right. Maybe the thoughts entered into your mind, I might as well give up. It's never going to get better. Maybe you've been frustrated and thinking, I, why, why do I keep doing the same stuff over and over? Sabotaging my own joy and happiness. Will I ever escape my past? I've come to tell you, yes. Because the potter still has his hand on the clay. I was shaped by my past, but I'm being reshaped for my future. I'm gonna make us I'm gonna make an altar call right now. I'm not I'm not asking. I'm not asking for you to come just to come. But if you've been dealing with a lot of frustration and self-condemnation, I want you to step out from where you are and come close to this altar right now. 
You can be 60, you can be 80, you can be 16, you can be 8. But if you've been dealing with a lot of self-condemnation, a lot of frustration, a lot of guilt, guys going to have to come up closer because there's not room. You got you to move cry out. Brother Wilson, aren't you thankful that God cares enough to send his word? Again, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Aren't you thankful that God loves you enough that instead of just scraping you off the wheel, saying, I'll go get somebody else that doesn't have your issues. He makes it again. He puts his hand back on you. And he just starts to shake. It starts to work. He doesn't give up. He doesn't throw you away. He doesn't turn his back and say, I'll get a better vessel. He just puts his hand on it. And he just starts working again. He just keeps working. Because you got to understand that without the clay, the potter's got nothing. He knew when he dug the clay out of the earth that it was just earth. It's just dirt. He knew it all along. When he mined it out of the earth, he knew there was a likelihood that he'd have to start all over. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you ought to thank you ought to lift your hands and you ought to start to thank God that I got a future. He's got a plan for me. There's hope. I've been shaped by the stuff I've been through. I've been scarred and I've been hurt and I've been I've been hurt by the stuff I've gone through. But the truth of the matter is the potter's hand is still on me. And he's making me yet another vessel. Oh, can you lift your voice all over this house? Over and over, He molds me and makes me. Over and over, He molds me and makes me. The potter spends most of his life with his hands dirty. He spends almost his entire life with his hands dirty. And so he's not afraid to get his hands dirty here tonight. You're not too dirty for him because he's had that on his hands all the time. All the way back to the garden. 
Oh, everybody ought to find somebody to pray with. There's hope. There's hope here. an outpouring of the Holy Ghost here today. Yes, Lord. There's a brand new beginning and a brand new start. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I believe you got a future here, Lord. Yeah, there's a future here
you, Lord. Why don't you reach over and pray with somebody nearby? Pray that God gives them strength to be an overcomer. His mercy is here. His grace. His mercy and grace are here.
Let's, let's just continue to talk to the Lord right now. He is such a good God, isn't he? be honest, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to feel out the Lord right now, but we have heard from God tonight, haven't we? He's ministered to us with the Word and the Spirit. And I believe He's going to take disfigurement and create beauty out of it. Amen. 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 Because all that God does is wonderful wondrous things. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Almighty God, for your goodness, your compassion, Lord that you have not cast us aside, Lord, that you give us fresh mercies every day, Lord. I thank you, God, for your people, for your church, for a pastor, Lord. Mm. Mighty God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for what you've done here tonight, oh God. I tell you what, let's just one more time, let's just lift our hands and express appreciation for such a great love he has for us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you, O God. Go with your people, Lord. Guide, guard, keep and protect us, Lord. Bring us back at the appointed time, almighty God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, almighty God. If you want to stay and pray, go ahead. Otherwise, you're dismissed. Remember Easter service Sunday morning. Praise the Lord. God bless you all.